Hello, everybody, and welcome in to a long-awaited, much-anticipated episode of the Eye on the Tigers podcast here at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I'm Ben Fredrickson, joined by Dave Matter from the Columbia Bureau, as always. And Dave, it's been too long since we've had a chance to record one of these. We've had to learn some new technological tricks. We are uh, we are kind of working our way through a, uh, a national pandemic, and uh It's no excuse. We should have done one of these sooner, but we've got something awesome to talk about. Um, This is a a really cool thing, and and I think a good example of what can come out of a chance for sports writers to maybe come up with some some things that, hey, I've been wanting to do this for a while and haven't had time because games, and now there's no games. So people are turning out really cool stuff. And and your series, which we're going to get into in this podcast, your Matters Best of Mizzou that's been running at stltoday.com has been awesome. It's about to hit print. We're going to tell people all about it, get some of the stories behind it. But first off, how the heck are you doing? Uh, we're hunkered down here in the, uh, in the Columbia Bureau. We've got uh, my wife is home with our three kids. And for me, it's not all that different. You know, I work from home anyway. I guess I, the difference is I'm not traveling. I'm not having to go anywhere. I'm just having to do the job with a little more traffic in the uh, in the house so that it can be a challenge there's moments where it's it's i don't want to say fun but um it's unique it's uh it's definitely challenging but this list has kept me busy it's kind of i kind of write them on a daily basis i haven't really been able to get ahead of myself very much and write one for the next day so i kind of spend my mornings doing it trying to get some interviews every once in a while but there's enough in our archives that to kind of supplement some of that and then i'm trying to write it from a personal perspective too on on a lot of these uh, athletes just because I at least know them or cover them to some degree over the last 20 plus years. So it's, it's been fun. And the feedback has really been what surprised me most. I mean, I've got more emails on this from readers who I think just want to maybe want the distraction a little bit right now. And um, you know, want something to divert their attention from all the doom and gloom. And, and these are mostly positive stories. I'm not writing about, you know, the 30, most overhyped or overrated athletes. These are the ones I felt like were the best, you know, the last 20 plus years. There's been a lot of documentation over the years of most miserable moments in yeah. Mizzou sports history. Try to avoid been, those. You've been around for a lot of those too, but maybe now's not the time to, to go down that list. But this is awesome because I think it, it, it reminds people of a few different things. These, none of these names are going to be forgotten because they've all been, you know, names that you automatically associate with Mizzou, but they are names that probably don't get enough attention now, you know, down the line, names that have maybe fallen out of the, the headlines a little bit. But also I think it reminds people how long you've been covering, <laughs> covering these teams. I mean, it, you, you're not an old guy, but you have covered a lot of Mizzou. I mean, you've covered Mizzou pretty much your whole professional career, going back to, the, going back to your work at the Trib. I mean, you've got a wide – when you say, hey, I'm going to rank the Mizzou athletes I've covered, you're not ta- we're not talking about a small sample size here. You've covered – the greatest athletes for, for a large part in Mizzou history. Yeah. And that, I think that's, I don't know, I guess that's one advantage to having some longevity on a beat is you've got some institutional knowledge and you've got, you know, sources and contacts built up. Um, that's, that's been the one thing I've enjoyed about this is connecting with some of these people. And, and this is the best time than, than ever to, to talk to them because they've got nothing else to do. You know, I've right. been able to, um, and, and I know you've experienced this with some of your columns you've written where and a lot, a lot of times, especially with coaches, like they're dying to talk, like, yeah. you know, they, they want to talk about something that's not, you know, all this horrendous news. And 
what better to talk about than like their glory years or the best moments of their career, some of the best athletes they've coached. Um, so that's, that's been, I think that's helped, you know, with, with some of these, uh, with some of these stories too. I think I, I talked to Tim Jamison last week, Missouri's uh, former baseball coach. Now he's the pitching coach at, at Southern Illinois, but he's back in Columbia, you know, down hunkered down with his wife and got not a whole lot to do. Um, and he loved, we, we talked stories about a couple of his guys that are, that are on this list. Aaron Crow I've already written about. I think people can, um, don't have to be too imaginative to think about who the other one is, but we'll get to him eventually. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I've, I've really enjoyed that part of it. And, and I've tried to cram as much into these stories, stuff from the archives. I've found some old Brian Burwell columns, uh, some great stuff that Baha Gregorian wrote a long time ago. And, um, and, and then just kind of tap into some of my own memories, personal anecdotes from covering a lot of these athletes, not all of them. I mean, some of them I just covered kind of on a superficial level or kind of knew a little bit. And then, and others I've, I've known really well and stayed in touch with. So that that's been a fun part of this. What makes it cool is, I mean, if you did this ranking with no, with no explanation, people would still be interested in it yeah. because of your expertise, but you're adding insight and, and, and not only, you know, you're, you're, kind of just opinion or your analysis of watching that player in that moment. But a lot of times, if you can, you're catching up with these players now and, yeah. and, and their willingness to look back and, and, and just such a different point in their lives and the appreciation they have for getting to talk about their time at Mizzou. It really shows, I mean, the conversations that you've, you've had, and, and I know some of them were older interviews, but guys who have been guys, you've talks you've had with people since they've been out. I mean, guys like spoon, um, the stories revisiting the stories of how, about Chelsea Thomas was discovered by Mizzou. Not really anything Mizzou did, but more or less her dad just <laughs> propaganda messaging the, the the team until it made a great decision and went to check her out. I mean, there are great stories here, and you're bringing them all back to life and adding new information. When you decided to do this, um, did you have a sense of how it was going to go over this well? Did you have the the ranking in your head already? How much? How long did it take you to come up with your with your one through thirty? And, uh, and have you gotten any pushback from folks on, on some of the rankings so far? There's, there's been a little, you know, not, not much. I think because I, I clearly made it out when I started. That they, this is my list. Like I, everybody else can do the same list or the same time span and come up with a different 30 or mix them up somehow. But uh, this is so subjective. A lot of it is just based on kind of my memories and um, personal interactions, you know, factor in somewhat. Um, you know, for instance, like when I was at the Columbia Tribune, you know, I covered primarily Mizzou football. I did, a, I dabbled in basketball somewhat, but I was always around when basketball was happening. My off season beat happened to be gymnastics. So I covered a lot of gymnastics, didn't necessarily cover it well, but I was around that team a lot. So, and, and Sarah Shire was the, the biggest star on the team. Then I've, I've gotten to know Sarah and know her, her parents uh, fairly well. They still live in Columbia and see them all around all the time. So I might've had her a little higher than someone else. Uh, even though she is, you know, one of the most decorated athletes at Mizzou in the last, you know, couple of decades. Um, so yeah, some personal touches fall in there. And, you know, there's, I'll admit, there's a couple swimmers that have been really, really good at Mizzou that I've not really written about much or covered much. And I, I, I didn't think those would make great stories for this just because I, I didn't have a lot of personal interaction covering them or didn't really have personal stories um, so, and, and also they didn't really, some sports just don't move the needle as much. And they're, they're, those athletes didn't have as big of an impact as a football or basketball player did 
Uh, in some cases, you know, some of the non-revenue athletes like baseball or softball. Um, so, you know, that there was, there was some tough decisions to make, you know, I started off with 25 and then there was a, there was about five or seven that I got to, oh my gosh, I got to include them for sure. So I expanded to 30. And then as I wrote, I, I did make this pretty transparent. I did a big mistake when I had the 30 mapped out and w- was talking to my wife. She, she didn't look over the list, but she was just kind of trying to guess who some of them were. And she said a name and I won't say who it was. It was over dinner about two weeks ago. And I said, Oh God, I completely forgot about that person. I've got to kind of go into this thing and figure out a way to put them in. So I did that, but that meant I had to take somebody off and I, I didn't want to take anybody off. That would have been an injustice. So I had to combine two. So I, I spent a lot of time looking at this. Okay. Who can I combine from this list and turn into one entry instead of two and the only ones that really made sense were Corby Jones and Devin West, who, who turned up at number 15 last week. Different players, obviously, they did different things, but their careers, they overlapped at the same exact time. And they were sort of always mentioned together that senior year in 1998 uh, when they helped really help Missouri turn the corner, they both played in the backfield. So I thought, okay, they were best friends, they were roommates. I'm like, if anybody should go together. It should be these two. And I think the story worked out fine. Um, you know, I, I joked with, with Devin West was kind enough to share this on, on Facebook. The story had a lot of kind words about it. And he, he, he asked me who did, so who was it that, that you initially left off? I said, I'll never share that. <laughs> number, and number two, I said, I will never share who I initially had ranked higher Corby or Devin. So um, <laughs> smart those, man, <laughs> those things I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll just keep uh, undisclosed for, for the time being. Something's better off uh, going to the uh, going to the grave. Uh, the list is as we record this podcast, we are up to number thirteen, counting down from from um, from Thursday. Number thirteen was uh, was no, I'm sorry, number twelve was Chelsea Thomas. And 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 tell people for folks who've been following this online, you've gone from thirty to twelve with Chelsea. And pretty soon they're going to have a chance to start seeing these roll out in the print section. Talk about kind of the rollout of, of the top 10. Yeah. So we've been doing these Monday through Friday and we don't, we online only uh, at stltoday.com, not doing them over the weekends, but we're going to take a little break here. Number 11 will be online. We're recording this on, oh gosh, is it Tuesday? I think it's, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. It'll be online <laughs> Tuesday afternoon, number 11. Then we're going to pause and then in print on Wednesday, you're going to get short recaps of 30 through 21. And then on – that's Wednesday. And then Thursday's paper, you will get short recaps of number 20 through 11. And then starting Friday in the post-dispatch print edition, we'll continue the countdown at number 10. And then we'll go every day, and we won't skip the weekend. So number 10 will be in Friday's paper. Number 9 will be in Saturday's paper. Number 8 – in Sundays and on and on and on until we get to number one and that will end on a Sunday. I believe it's April 26th. Uh, If that's a Sunday, my days are so confused right now, but anyway, starting Friday, every account will, every entry will be in the print edition, obviously on uh, the website too. Uh, So yeah, we're, 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 you know, we wanted to kind of parlay the, the print and the, and the, uh, and the online edition together. Once we get into the top 10, I've had a lot of people send me emails and try to guess 
who the top 10 is. And most of them have it kind of figured out at this point. Um, but it's the order that I think is intriguing. And um, I, I still, I was still tinkering with the top 10 as of a couple of days ago because oh, that guy seems a little bit better at four. Maybe I should move her down to seven or move her up to five. So it's, there's no perfect way to do this. Everybody's going to have a different perception. It's where you value and how you measure impact and greatness. Um, so it, it's fun. I'm, I'm sure people will debate and argue, hey, you're, I like this person at one instead of who you have at one, but that, that's fine. Again, this is my list, and everybody's you know, entitled to their opinion. They could do their list how, how they'd like to do it. And if you have another dinner with uh, your lovely wife, Molly, your list might change completely oh, between gosh. now and <laughs> Are your I'm kids dreading that I'm going to get to the end of this and somebody's going to be like, well, what, what about this person? I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. Um, that he was 31. I just, just <laughs> I was going to ask you if your boys are weighing in, you know, they, they probably have their favorites from their time following Mizzou sports a lot shorter yeah, list know, in terms of years. Sure. They're not, they're not diehard Mizzou fans, but they know a handful of these guys on the list. They've, they've met a few of them. Um, Drew Locke, for sure. He was number 20. Mm -hmm. um, let's see who else. Um, you know, the basketball players, not so much. And there's not as many basketball players because, frankly, the last 22 years, I wouldn't, the, the better team. And, and I didn't know if they were football. aware of Phil Pressey at 16. Phil Pressey, probably, probably not. Uh, Marcus Golden, uh, probably to some degree. And they've heard all these names. They've heard me talk about them. Um, uh, definitely more of the ones in the top 10 uh, probably than some of the ones I've written about already. Who has been you so far? And, and we can go through the, the list here quickly for folks who haven't seen it. And the, the, the list is great. Go read the stories because the stories make the list. It's that some of the insights and some of the, just the, the interviews are, are fantastic. Arthur Johnson, um, big back to his basket, big man for Mizzou basketball started it off at 30. Molly Kreklow, 29, Martin Rucker, T-Ruck at, at 28. You got Derek Peterson at 27, Justin Gage at 26, Henry Josie, one of the more miraculous comeback stories in Mizzou sports history at 25, Kareem Rush, the smooth shooting lefty at 24, Shane Ray at 23, Sarah Shire at 22, Marcus Golden at 21, Drew Locke at 20, Denario Alexander at 19, Aaron Crow at 18, Chase Kaufman, at 17, he hurtled over Aaron Crow to get to uh, 17. <laughs> Phil Pressey at uh, 16, and 15 was Corby Jones and Devin West, as you mentioned. 14 was Sean Weatherspoon, 13 Damari Carroll, and, of course, number 12 um, with Chelsea Thomas. I mean, I've got my personal favorites on this list, um, but what has been your most fun moment, the most fun conversation you've had in reporting these out? Because you're getting a lot of these guys and gals on the phone to talk about this stuff. And it seems like they're, they're more than willing to, to go back and revisit those glory days for a lot of them. Uh, yeah. I talked to Marcus Golden um, the day that I, I wrote his entry and uh, he, he's in Arizona. You know, he played for the New York giants last year, but he still has a yeah. home in Arizona where he played for the Cardinals. And um, you know, he, he is, he's such a positive guy and he has got a lot of good things to say about his time at Mizzou, obviously, because he, he, he was an outstanding player. He only started one year, but he has such a, a fondness for the opportunity he got um, and how he was able to prove himself. He, he had to take the, the hard road. I mean, he, he was at Afton High School, was, um, you know, going to be a superstar there. And then he had some issues off the field. He had to go to a different school for a while, kind of a, um, discipline issues. And then he was able to come back to high school. He needed junior college. He showed up at Missouri, 
wasn't a starter, got there late because of some NCAA issues. Yeah. And all of that stuff still really sticks with him. And he uses it as motivation, um, you know, in his NFL career. He's sitting there right now as an NFL free agent. He, he can't believe he doesn't have a contract yet. He had 10 and a half sacks for the Giants last year, was borderline yeah. Pro Bowl player. And, and he's like, but you know what? He's like, I've been through so much worse and I've, I've come out of it and, and, and done so well that this is, he, he's like, you know, he said, Dave, you know, my story, this, this is how it works for me. So I'm used to it at this point, everything will be fine. And um, it, it's great to, in a time like now, especially um, when everything's so uncertain about everybody's futures, to, to hear a little positivity like that, I, it, it put me in a good mood that day. And just, he, he was, he, he was so positive. Uh, throughout his career I mean everybody loved him he was such a good teammate because it didn't matter if you were offense defense black white freshman senior he was your friend and he was your teammate and um, he was just such a valuable guy I probably have him a little higher on this list than somebody who just is a fan of these teams Um, and I think part of that was his impact on a personal basis not with me but with with the program um, and you know, he's, he's one of my favorites to write about of, of, of all time. I didn't realize, I mean, I, so when I, growing up in Sedalia, we know we were, we watched every Mizzou basketball and football game. And I can remember obviously very clearly Kareem Rush and, and, you know, the impact that he had. And, and he was, you know, one of the best signs I've ever seen at a sporting event. They, they had the person who used to bring the cream of the crop, uh, you know, yeah. sign to the games. I didn't remember at the time there being that, that kind of frustration with him for not being more. I mean, I think I was probably maybe – I just wasn't aware of maybe the conversation around players as much. But, you know, he did have a habit, and you captured this well, of he made things look so easy. Right. That it was almost like that became like a burden for him in his yeah. college years. I, I remember, you know, I covered um, the NCAA tournament run. I wasn't the primary basketball beat writer. I was kind of the sidebar guy. Um when they made it his, his junior year, his last year at Mizzou, they made it to the elite eight. And I went out for the first two rounds in Albuquerque when they were like, what, a 12 seed. And they, they beat Miami and then they beat Ohio state to make the sweet 16. And that was, that was the narrative. Then it was, this guy has all the skill in the world. He led the big 12 and scoring his sophomore year. Um, He's this great shooter, still one of the best three point shooters in, in team history and big 12 history. But you would see glimpses of more and it seems like people thought of him as what he wasn't instead of what he was. He wasn't super physical. He didn't drive to the lane very much. Um, he wasn't a great defender. wasn't a great rebounder, but he became that a little bit more late in his career, late in that, that junior year, which was seen as a disappointing year for him. He was a first team all American preseason um, still ended up a good junior year, not elite, but, but they start winning Coincidentally, when he started doing those other things, he, he right. took an elbow to the face in that tournament, needed a bunch of stitches, and it showed like this new dimension of his game. And um, I, I think it, it got that team to play harder and, and play more physical and gritty. And, um, and even if we – even if he just take the good of what Kareem Rush was, he was still just as, as good as most players had ever put on this uniform in Missouri. He was such a good scorer. Uh, he's – He's the highest in Missouri's career scoring list. He's higher than any other player that didn't play four years. That, that's saying something with all the points he scored. And, you know, he had a nice NBA career, um, you know, had, had, had some moments with the Lakers for some good playoff teams. 
Um, you know, some people thought I had him too low on this list. I think probably more so because I had Phil Pressey eight spots higher than him. But when I thought about it, you know, I've, I'm trying to put a number on how many Mizzou athletes have come through this school since I've been covering them. If you figure 25 football players a year, that's the team with the most athletes. And then figure in football, basketball, track, swimming, everything. I'm putting the number probably over a thousand. Um, so if you're talking about the the top thirty of a thousand, the, the difference between sixteen and twenty four is is really small. So it's it's kind of arbitrary at that point. So they're both really really good. I thought Phil. I thought the difference between Phil and Kareem was Phil had talents and did things that no one else at Mizzou ever really did. Kareem, you can think of other really good guards, really good shooters in team history. He was one of the best, obviously. I think Phil was kind of in a class of his own, or at least in a smaller class as a playmaker, um, as an assist guy, as as kind of that floor leader type. Have you um, – did you always know and, – and Chelsea, I think – what year did Chelsea Thomas uh, leave Mizzou? What, what, what Her senior year was 2013. Yeah, so she was. I was in college when Chelsea Thomas was. Of course, she was a she was a star. I didn't know this story of her recruitment though until yeah. I read it. And your is that is that been one that has been out there for a long time about her dad basically, you know, imploring then Coach Aaron Earlywine to come check out his daughter. I mean, because coaches get these messages, you know, yeah. these parents who are delusional who think their kid is the next big thing, and sometimes it turns out the parent is actually onto something. <laughs> yeah, this this one this one the parent was definitely right. You know, right. It's been told, it's been told before, you know, a little bit here and there. Um, but I, you know, I talked to Aaron early one the other day about it, and he loves retelling it, um, especially because it it he was all he did was just take a take a gamble, and he thought he was going to regret it up until the moment he got out of his car and watched her pitch. You know, her her dad she's from Pleasantville, Iowa, kind of middle of nowhere in Iowa. Up in Iowa, they don't have, or at the time at least. Uh, the high school softball team played in the summer, so they didn't have the travel ball, the the like the AAU of softball. She didn't play on one of those teams, so she was not exposed to the major program. So her dad sent out this DVD, and and Aaron said it was really grainy; you could barely even make out her in the in the pictures. Um, you know, so he he watched this DVD, got all these emails from her dad. He saw she was a big kid. You know, she had a big frame. He thought, well, maybe that's a good sign. But he, the one thing that stood out, even on the DVD, was he said when she hit the when the ball hit the mitt, it sounded like a shotgun. Hmm. So he's like, that sound, if that's real, maybe this is something worth exploring. So he got in his truck and drove up to Highway 63 North till he got to Pleasantville. She pitched, I think, a, a seven-inning simulated game for him. He used the same radar gun that he used for his own team the day before in practice, so he knew it was accurate. He said his best pitchers would hit in the low 60s. Her first pitch, I think, was 73 miles an hour. <laughs> he, he said he checked the battery. He's like, what, I want to make sure this is right. And she did a seven-inning game and said the, the, the slowest pitch she threw was 67. And the fastest was – most of them were in the 70s. And I, I said, you know, what – when you leave there, knowing that she didn't have a scholarship offer, she had a 30% offer from Iowa State. That was it. Pitchers, good pitchers, normal, almost always get the 100% offer. You, you, you put all of that scholarship offer to an ace pitcher. Um, 
he said, he, I said, did, did you like think, okay, this is great, but maybe it's too good to be true. Or did you have moderate expectations when you left there? He goes, no, I got in my car and I called all my assistant coaches and I called my dad, who's kind of like his mentor. And he said, Hey, guess what, everyone, we're going to the world series. And so he did not hold back on his enthusiasm. She hadn't committed or anything at that point. Obviously she did. Uh, and guess what? Her freshman year, they go to the college world series first of three straight trips uh, with her in the program. And, and if anything, he feel he still feels bad that they didn't win a World Series with her because he he, he said he told me yesterday that it was a blown opportunity we should have won with her and he, he still feels bad to this day that that they weren't able to to make that final um, make that final step in in the process. Yeah, she became a three time All American and uh, I'm shocked that Coach Earlywine uh, um, you know had a had a, had a he, it's unlike him to uh, really show his true uh, emotions on something <laughs> yeah, so. right. <laughs> I thought his favorite I, I thought the best the best part of what he said and this also kind of goes against who he is but it was covering her games and I covered a lot of them it was the same way when you, when she was pitching you you barely paid attention because and he said just wrote him down if Mizzou scored one run or two runs in the first inning he kind of stopped coaching and that's that's something for him because this, this is a guy's a micromanaged every aspect of the game, but he said he'd let his guard down because he knew that well, they're not going to score on her, and, and rarely did they score on her. So I, I thought that was he showed um, that was a real transparent comment from him. I thought Bob Gibson like right. Yeah, I mean to sure. be able to just hey one run and and we can uh, cool the Jets a little bit. Um, how much are you in agreement with me that at some point down the road? Sean Weatherspoon has to have a job for the Missouri athletic department in some way, shape or form. I mean, yeah. has there ever been a better ambassador for Mizzou than, than Spoon? And it comes across in, in your story, you've got him ranked, you're, you got him ranked 14th on the list, but just his appreciation, his story, what he represents to that football program that is always going to have to, you know, probably take overlooked guys and make them into the kind of players that teams wish they would have paid more attention to. I mean, he's, uh, he's a billboard. Yeah, he, he really is. He's probably, and I, I, I don't say this lightly because, you know, I, I, I value kind of the relationships and the moments I've had to cover a lot of these great athletes. He's probably the favorite guy I've ever covered. Um, and it's, it's because how much he put into the small part of his job that had to do with dealing with the media. He, he showed up every time, which is important. He never mailed in an interview. He always gave you something that you could use that was candid, thoughtful, touching, funny. And that's just who he was. And I, I, he, he would let, he would be himself with the media and able to, you know, form a, it's relationships, a weird word, but rapport, um, some trust, and he could just be himself. And that's what we ask of these guys all the time. And that started with him when he was a freshman. Um, it wasn't just something that he developed over time. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really, I really have a fondness for Sean. I really admire him a lot. And he's actually sort of the reason I came up with this idea to do this back in the fall. I had, I reached out to him to talk about, I think it was Nick Bolton who had this great start to the season for Mizzou and he mm -hmm. plays the same position that Weatherspoon played that weak side linebacker position. And there were kind of some whispers around the program. Hey, he could, this guy could be the next spoon. So I called John to see what he thought about watching Bolton play because he had been tweeting about him and he was great to talk to. And then in my mind, I'm thinking, God, I've got him on the phone. I should take advantage of this. this the 2019 year was, this is the 10 year anniversary of his senior year. 
and nothing against him. He had a great career. It was also the 10-year anniversary of Denario Alexander's outstanding All-American season. And, and Sean and Denario are really close friends. Like, let's, I'm going to get him to talk about Denario, and I'll do a story on the 10-year anniversary of Alexander's um, you know, brilliant senior season. And he gave me all this great stuff on, on Denario, on Jeremy Macklin, on, on his own career. And I just had him talking, talking, talking. Well, I never wrote the story because the football season kind of went sideways on us. And it just, we never got the opportunity to, to write that. It, the timing didn't seem right when the season started going the way it did. And we had a lot of news to cover. Uh, but I, I kind of had that all stored away, all those quotes. And I thought, gosh, what could I turn this into? And it kind of became the building block for the story. I'm like, what, what, I've got enough there to write about Spoon's career, to write about Denario's career. Maybe we can package this into something else. And that's just a tribute to, to first of all, Sean is completely accessible. I get him on the phone anytime. He's great to talk to. Um, you know, he's got, he's got three little ones, three kids like I do. So we, we, we can trade war stories there. <laughs> um, you know, he's a guy that is just, he's just so personable and so colorful and he was a great player too. He's the only three time first team all conference defensive player in the history of Mizzou football. I mean, that, that is a, that is saying something. Um, so yeah, he's, he's right up there, you know, on, on my list of one of the greatest players of all time, but really one of the, one of the best people also. You mentioned uh, a guy who I think is going to be appearing probably at some point, Jeremy Macklin. Yeah. Uh, my question is, um, are you getting any text messages or, or, or maybe potentially long socially distanced uh, threats from the wrestling team that their coach Smith has not had any of his guys appear on this list yet, quite yet? Uh, not yet, but I, <laughs> I will say he'll, he'll have a few in the top 10, put it that way. Um, one of them very high, and it's not hard to figure out. Um, I reached out to, to Jeremy the other day. And what another cool thing about this is these athletes are – they're actually paying attention to the list. Oh, yeah. They're, they're <laughs> you they better believe up. it. <laughs> when I talked to Chase Kaufman a couple weeks ago, he goes, you know, I, knew, I, I was following along, and you said 30 best athletes. So I just figured I wasn't going to be on there because no one thought of me as an athlete. Um, I, I, when I texted Jeremy Macklin the other day, and, and said, hey, do you got time to talk about this? I'm doing this, this, uh, this, this countdown. And he goes, that depends. Where do you have me ranked? <laughs> um, someone else who will, who will show up later on the list, I reached out to him the other day, and he, he, his response was, I'm only talking to you if I'm number one. Um, so we'll see. I, they're joking, of course. But I, I, that's cool. I mean, to actually see, you know, these guys and, and, and ladies, um, you know, interacting responding and paying attention that's great yeah I think we know they can afford subscriptions so I mean, hopefully they're all subscribers <laughs> well that should be your that should be i think your recruitment tool to new subscribers well here's your range if you'd like to be on the top end of it can i interest you in a digital subscription right, I mean, right we're, exactly. we're not we're not above uh, tweaking the rankings a little bit for subscribers i, I think that's uh, that's just called good business right i don't right. I, I missed the ethics class at j school so uh, <laughs> i don't know i was glad to see Arthur Johnson get get on there. He was one of my uh, one of my favorites growing up. A lot, well, it's been a long time since Mizzou had an old school back to the basket yeah. big guy. Um, that position doesn't really exist anymore. But he's had a remarkable career. I mean, he played in Turkey for like years and years. Is he still over there? No, he's he's in Detroit now. He's a guy that I, I reached out to before I wrote the story. I didn't hear back from him until after I wrote it. Um, little Facebook message here and there. But he's living in Detroit with his family. Um, he played over there for a long time. He, he did for a while. You know, he's a guy that he's, – he 
he's probably he's one of the best Mizzou players that never played in an NBA game. His game That's just didn't point. really translate at the next level because he was, like you said, a back to the basket guy. He didn't really have much range outside. Um, you know, but when you look at his numbers, he's he's arguably I mean not arguably, he's in a class of the best big man in team history in a really small list. He's right there with Doug Smith, whose game was a little more versatile. He he did have, you know, more range. Um, and right there with, with Steve Stepanovich, I mean, he, he was as good as it gets inside. We don't think of AJ as being one of the best ever, probably because he never had one great season. He was just always good, and he was always an important part of those Quinn teams that, you know, routinely at least made the NCAA tournament. At the time, we all thought those were kind of disappointing teams because they didn't quite live up to their potential. But, um, you know, they, they were, for the most part, always really competitive and had some great moments. This is uh, it's it's an awesome list. We could spend hours upon hours talking about it. And what makes it great, if I can brag on you a little bit, is is your observations, your ability to get in contact with these people, the respect they have for you to talk to you. Um, I mean, it's it's really fun. I think I think honestly, it could turn into a book. I mean, you should consider you consider rolling it out in, in one you know in one coffee table book or something where people can get it all in one. I mean, hopefully we consider doing something like that because it's. It's really cool, and to see the the players and the these guys and girls on the list getting interested by it, I think shows that that it means something to them. So I'm excited to see how it moves forward. I'm excited to see the uh, the uh, the top ten, and it'll be in print as well. Um, is there any teasers you can give us? You want to give us a, a riddle about uh, who to expect next, or maybe who's in the uh, the top five? Who's the um, is there is there a big is there a big curveball coming? What's in there? Not really. Um, I, I think anyone who kind of looks at the, the time frame of, of when I did this uh, or what, what years I included, I think they can kind of figure it out. Um, you know, yeah, so I, some, are, some are a little more recent than others. You know, one of them goes back to way when I first started uh, covering Mizzou football and had a lot of interaction with this guy, not a whole lot late, lately. He kind of keeps to himself a little bit, so it might be a challenge getting him on the phone. Um, but others um, are, are pretty visible and pretty decorated, and most of them are still competing at, at some level. I, I was kind of struck by how many people, the ones I've already written about, are have gotten into coaching at, to some degree. I mean, we know Molly Kreklo is an assistant with the volleyball team at Mizzou. Right. Sarah Shire is the head, head gymnastics coach at Penn State. Um, a lot of them have kind of dabbled in coaching to some degree. I think some of them will make great coaches. Like you said, Sean Weatherspoon. Um, I think Damari Carroll, whenever he decides to hang up his uh, sneakers, he would, he could make a good coach. Um, a lot of these guys and, and, and ladies, um, Derek Peterson is the associate head coach for the track team at DePaul university. So he's, he's, he fits into that mold. So um, yeah, I just think there are, a lot of them are, are really good people. And I think that's part of the reason they had success is the, uh, they did things the right way during their career. Who's the best? Who's, let me ask you this. Which athlete didn't make the list that, that would have been um, on it, that, could, that would have been eligible to be on it in, in terms of your time covering the team that has had the best pro career but won't make this list? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, and is, I didn't, that, is it Clarkson? Could be. Um, you know, Ian Kinsler, uh, you know, he's a, a perennial all-star. He only played one year at Mizzou, and he wasn't, he wasn't elite, but um, had a good run there. 
let me think who else. Uh, probably some NFL guys. Uh, it, it hurt to keep Kim English off because I've got some of his teammates on here, but I just didn't. You might be hearing from Kim. Probably. I've actually avoided <laughs> calling him to get some comments on some of his teammates because he didn't make the list. I think he probably assumed he was in the top 10, but um, spoiler, he's not. He was number 31. That's what I tell everybody who asks uh, where they ranked if they didn't make the list. I say they're all 31. Um, Tony LaRusso told everybody they were tied for first. You're telling people they're tied for 31st. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, there's there's a handful. I mean, this was hard. I, I I go back to the master list I had, and I had probably 60 names. And for some of them, it was hard to cross off. But, um, you know, I heck, if this, if this uh, pandemic keeps going, maybe we should revise it and stretch this out to 60. Who knows? So, yeah, just, just top 100, right? I think uh, get everybody in there. Um, no, it's great. And I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing how you, you navigated the top 10 there. Um, encourage folks to not just check out what's in the paper because you can you know, really go long on some of these online. Easy to find. Actually, Dave's done a great thing. He's linked to all of the previous ones and the most recent ones. You can actually go down the list, list by list, and, uh, and read them all. It's a great trip down memory lane. It reminds you, uh, reminds you of Dave's time on the beat and really some fun names some and, and fascinating new information between interviews and things that have been in the notebooks for years. Uh, really, really enjoyed uh, keeping up with the list and it's fun to talk to you about it. Dave, it's given us something to talk about, which is, which is great to have too um, during this time without games here. So maybe the next time we do this, I think we're going to be able to get this podcast up and running again weekly, which is awesome. And I want to thank Gary Harrelson for his help kind of helping us navigate, not being able to be in the office like usual. Um, and he's got us geared up so we can keep churning these out. And there's lots to talk about. I mean, how does this pause without practices, without spring ball effect, Eli Drinkwitz, Mizzou basketball recruiting. Um, there's, there's a lot we can get into um, kind of next time we do this, maybe get a video in there as well. So we'll keep doing that. We want to thank you guys for hanging with us during this time and, uh, and encourage you to keep an eye on, on stlc.com and in the pages of the Post-Dispatch for the uh, final hurrah of the list here. We're getting to the good part, Dave. That's right. Pressure's on now. <laughs> yeah, you better have uh, – make sure Molly looks that over uh, one more time there before it, uh, <laughs> before it hits uh, its print. Hey, man, it's great to see your face, uh, right. and uh, it's great to hear your voice. Hang in there. Um, tell the family we said hey, and uh, we will, uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? Okay, sounds good. That's Dave Matter. I'm Ben Fredrickson. We will talk to you next time on the Eye on the Tigers podcast. And a reminder, if you want to have these downloaded directly, you can subscribe. You can use iTunes. You can use whatever app you use for your podcast needs. You can find us there. Just search Eye on the Tigers podcast. And if you're in the good mood and you want to leave us a good review and a ranking, that would be awesome. We would appreciate it. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will talk to you next week.